It is an unfortunate fact that the elderly are taken advantage of every day. While the estate planning and government assistance laws are quite complex and ever-changing, how do you keep track of them all? Through elder law attorney Michael Cohen. He's there for you to answer any of your planning questions in a way that you and your loved ones will easily understand. Mike has devoted his entire career to dutifully informing and protecting our parents and grandparents, aunts and uncles, anyone in need. Join us now to learn more about estate planning essentials with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford Jr. Here now are Michael and Don. This is your Estate Planning Essentials podcast and radio program, and my name is Don Crawford, Jr., the very appreciative owner of KWM Radio and co-host of this excellent program, strongly committed to protecting your family, your assets, and you. And I'm sitting with my co-host, my friend, my attorney, who should be your attorney. I say that every week. I'm never not going to say it. I even had Michael... Helped me with my estate plan last month with his assistant, Donji. And I just told him before the show how excellent she was, how excellent he was, how laser focused they are, how they can shift from a client to client, from account to account. And I was so grateful for their wisdom to make certain that my plan is safe and set and I can conduct myself in peace. So you should give Michael a chance to attend his next workshop, which is January the 9th, Tuesday. January the 9th at 10 o'clock, which is Thursday, February 1st at 10 o'clock to know for yourself what I'm talking about, to see for yourself what I'm talking about. So attend his next workshop. Uh, sign up now. Go to 214-720-0102, 214-720-0102, or just go to DallasElderLawyer.com, DallasElderLawyer.com, and you will see in the ensuing 20, 25 minutes why you should attend now let me say hello to our attorney, our friend, and his name is Michael Cohen. Hello, Michael. Hello, Don, and if it's not too late, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too, and it's not too late. Um, I decided to plug you then, like I always do every show, just sitting here as a tacit plug, um, because I believe in you so much and your assistance. And once again, you've been doing this now how long well put it this way i'm an elder elder law attorney elder elder law so you've been saying that for 10 years so you've been doing this at least 10 years um 20 30 a long long time yeah well that just shows you i'm old i'm older we're all older i'm in my i'm 60 mike's in his 60s i think so there's wisdom with that thank goodness and i was reading in proverbs this morning about wisdom and how important that is and how god gives that to us and Mike is no exception. Michael has gotten tons of wisdom, and he knows the law when it comes to state planning and government assistance as well as anybody. So attend his next workshop and see and hear for yourself. Again, that's Tuesday, January the 9th. Again, that's Thursday, February the 1st. Sign up today. Michael, today we want to talk about unclaimed funds which is a big thing. I, I see. I hear commercials about that. You have money coming to you. We can find it for you. I know it's a it's a um, what do you call it? executor or PR's responsibility to reach out to people who have money coming to them, et cetera, et cetera. You've taught me. What does this all mean for our listeners? 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's really something that's often overlooked. In fact, I don't think in our probably 10 years of doing this show that we've ever talked about unclaimed funds. Good, I don't think so either. And so th- this is highly unusual, and most people just kind of forget about it. You you know, sometimes you'll see something in the newspaper about unclaimed funds, uh, but how's it working? You're right, uh, an executor or representative should always look uh, to see if there's any unclaimed funds, and probably anybody who's a potential heir should look as well. So I will tell you this story, which is ongoing right now as we speak, about the largest unclaimed funds estate in U.S. history. Wow, okay. And this is, in fact, this is the story, and this is a uh, story that there was just in just last month that uh, created even more controversy. Okay, uh, okay so this is a story about a guy. This it, actually in Illinois. Things are done a little bit different in Illinois than they are in Texas. Every state is different, but every state has unclaimed funds that they our state controller um, controls the unclaimed funds, and basically the treasurer of each state, in effect. Okay. All right, so there was a guy named John St- Joseph Stankech or something like that. Mm-hmm. I may mispronounce his name. Uh, he was a recluse. He he was 87 years old. He, he was never married, didn't have children. Um, in fact, none of his neighbors hardly knew him. He drew, drove an old car, 28-year-old car, wore old clothes. Or, uh, he might be tinkering on his car from time to time. Neighbors didn't know where he worked. They just knew that he was the guy next door. But they didn't know that he might be the millionaire next door. Okay. So he, um, after, after he died, well, nobody knew anything. Nothing ever happened. But he had a bank account. And so the rules are that, at least in Illinois, and something similar in Texas, that after a period of time, you have to turn those over basically to the state treasurer. In this case, the bank account had $11 million. Okay. $11 million of unclaimed funds. Oh. So uh, unlike Texas, Texas usually uh, it's really a responsibility of an heir to try to, uh, you know, make a claim and say they're an heir. Interesting. But after three years in Texas, the funds go to the – like a bank account would go to the state, and then they publish notes. Now, there's no – unlike Illinois, there's really no duty except for if there's life insurance. And there's life insurance after three years if, uh, if from the date that was due the payment uh, that uh, then uh, the insurance company has a duty to try to uh, find the beneficiaries if there are any. Okay. Um, Let me ask you a question. If they can't find the beneficiary, who gets the money, the insurance company or the government? The government. Government. The government, it it goes, it's called a sheet to the state. Mm -hmm. Now, the state may hold the funds, Mm -hmm. but it is sheets to the state. Can you spell that for me? uh, E-S-C-H-E-A-T. Sheets. Sheets. They're basically the hold the funds. I see. Yeah, and so, but in Illinois, they have a duty to try to find the heirs, the state, uh, unlike uh, maybe unlike Texas. Uh, so uh, here in this case, the state spent a lot of money trying to locate the heirs, 
people that were distant relatives, his, uh, John, I'll say Joseph's uh, siblings had all predeceased him, and none of them were married or had children either. Wow. So these get into distant relatives, people who never knew Joseph. Right. Didn't attend his funeral, didn't go to the no, services if there were him. any. <laughs> they found 119 people all over the world. And so it, this past Christmas, they thought they were going to be getting a big Christmas check. Mm-hmm. Now, there's the expenses uh, probably of locating these people, and then the court appointed an independent administrator. So probably three or four million of it probably went off to legal uh, or fees for the state sure. to try to locate. Uh, uh, and that's one of the problems when you don't have planning, mm-hmm. or we think. Mm-hmm. But they were all expecting a big old check. Joseph died in 2015. Okay. So this has been going on for some time. Well, um, after they found the the 119 distant relatives, this thing actually made international news. $11 million and. This guy who lived frugally next door, the millionaire next door, nobody knew about him. Nobody, the distant relatives didn't know of him. This is quite amazing. I don't think uh, in Texas, by the way, the largest one I ever heard of was about $2 million. Hmm. Uh, And by the way, in Texas, I think there's about $9 billion of unclaimed funds. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah. And insurance companies do have a duty, though, mm-hmm. uh, as I mentioned, I think, before, to try to locate. And they use, like, the Social Security. Uh, they have some sort of uh, uh, things that they mm-hmm. could use that are for, for that, like the, the government uses to try to locate people. What if um, somebody is a beneficiary and, and they've passed away? Yeah, they then, get oh, yeah. So they've got different, sec- different amounts. Um, I think... Um, you know, like percentages instead of yeah, dollars? It, yeah, so okay. under laws of intestacy, so they go by laws of intestacy. And Texas has that too. You go there, you know, first you go to us if there was a surviving spouse, and then mm-hmm. if the person had children from a different relationship, uh, then it goes a different way, and then it goes to children, then it goes to uh, parents, and then if there's no parents, it goes live, then it goes into what's called two moieties, and they go down the line. And well, they keep on going down. And so anyway, um, there's in effect, the state has a will for you saying the way things would go. And similarly, I'm sure it's that way in Illinois, but the rules are probably different. Um, So because like in Texas, there's community property, separate property. Uh, You know, we had a uh, an airship determination uh, I had in. Denton County uh, a couple weeks ago, and the judge uh, always likes it to say, well, in this case, the it was a husband, wife, they had no children. Um, the deceased husband had two siblings. Uh, if the, under Texas law, uh, on the um, personal property, uh, it all goes to the surviving spouse. But on real estate, uh, if the property was not community property, if it was separate property, half would have gone to the deceased husband's sisters and half would have gone to the uh, surviving spouse. Interesting. Whereas if it's community property, uh, it all goes to the surviving spouse. Okay. Uh, so that's kind of our rules. But the court likes wanted something that if they found 
some separate property that they didn't know about that we had to put in the order that their separate property would gone half to the siblings and half would go to the surviving spouse just because they're concerned that they may find something in the future. There was no debate that the property was community property. The siblings didn't care. They would sign something to that effect. Mm -hmm. But the court wanted to feel comfortable that they fall by the state's laws, and there's lots of questions they ask. Sure. And and when you have an heirship determination, it's a lot more more expensive proceeding. You have to have an attorney to represent the unknown heirs uh, and who's going to be the administrator, et cetera. This is a lesson to be learned. So let's go on with this lesson. Okay. Uh, in this case, there wasn't—I don't know if it's because of the, the agreement of the heirs, but there was an independent administrator appointed uh, to act on behalf of the estate. Okay. Well, what happened? After all this became public, then last year, 2023, somebody, a guy named uh, Assad Mahmoud— said, there was a will. There's a will out there. It is his charitable organization in New York and him as the beneficiaries. Eight years later. Right. Okay. Now, I should tell you, in Texas, typically you have four years to probate a will unless uh, you have a valid excuse. In this case, he said, the will which had some unusual things. By the way, the name of the organization, the charitable organization, was called Smart Kids Child Care. Now, if you looked at their website, it didn't have uh, where it says they're located. There's another business there. Uh, it was also unusual that um, it was the will. I guess it's not unusual that a personal injury attorney would draft the will, but it was unusual that the deceased was from Chicago, and the attorney was in Carbondale, Illinois, which is three to four hours away. Now, normally, you're supposed to meet with the client. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's quite unusual. I get, if you're licensed in the state, I guess you could do a will for somebody in another part of the state. That's, that's okay. But it is unusual, mm-hmm. especially when there was a signing, I think, in New York. The other things unusual about this uh, was that the will said it's the duty of the attorney to notify the beneficiary when somebody dies. Well, that I put it this way: I've never put that in any will I've ever had. And here's the reason: one reason why is what happened here. Well, six months after the after the will was done, the attorney, the personal injury attorney, died in a plane crash. Hmm. So how is he going to notify? Okay. Uh, another thing that was unusual is the will said, I am a recluse. I do not ever recall any will that I've ever done that said, I am a recluse, mm-hmm. and announcing that. And, I, and here's another one that was kind of unusual, besides the fact that the attorney uh, had the duty to notify. Uh, I am a resident of the state of Chicago, Illinois. Oh, boy. Well, you know, I know that Texas is a nation, but I didn't realize that Chicago was a state. <laughs> so uh, so it was really – oh, here's one other thing that was somewhat unusual. Not So not only was after all the publication, not only after this unusual drafting of the will that I am a recluse, I live in the state of Chicago, uh, bizarre, uh, the, the handwriting – 
didn't exactly match, didn't match his previous, the deceased handwriting. Hmm. And and there was no connection. It's not like that the deceased gave charitable contributions to smart kids or had any kind of other correspondence with Ahmud or whatever is Mahmud mm-hmm. uh, at, at any time. Mm-hmm. So this, and of course, this is after everything had become public. You know, and as you said, eight years after somebody died, that they came up with a will. Now, what's more, sounds like a money grab to me. <laughs> yeah, what's the bizarre thing? On December thirteenth of twenty twenty three, the judge admitted the will. Wow. But he didn't say it was valid. Oh. So so he didn't he admitted the will and why did he admit the will? Because it was signed and witnessed by two people. Now, I do not know if they have come up with the two witnesses. So tip, typically when you have a will, if it's not um, if let's say there's questionable handwriting or for or when notarized or whatever, uh, sometimes you bring the witness to court. Te- usually you have what's called a, called a self-proving affidavit mm-hmm. that the will is good. So you have two disinterested witnesses and notary. At least in Texas, you have to say, all right, this is, your la- this is my last will and testament, revoking all prior wills and consuls. I've asked you to witness in my presence, the presence of each other. You're over the age of 18. Each of the witnesses are over age age 14. And if this is, in fact, your last will and te- testament, you right, know your, your bounty of your affection. Uh, mm-hmm. Then this is how it goes, and the note, the note, you know, has some other language in there, and it's signed by the two witnesses, notarized by the notary. Then it's, uh, you know, it's presumed to be self-proved, and you don't have to bring the witnesses to court. Now I noticed uh, somebody that came in my office this last week that they had, uh, they had the self-proving affidavit, but the notary didn't fill in the blanks. Mm. So now you may have to bring the witnesses to court. Okay. So anyway, so the judge says, I'm admitting the will to the shock and dismay of the 119 distant relatives who thought they were going to get a Christmas gift that they never expected in their entire life, but they've been waiting for now for years because all they had to do, the judge had to say that the will wasn't good at that time. And then they'd get their Christmas a uh, gift that was better than a KAAM coffee mug. <laughs> I don't know about that, but uh, <laughs> that's very promising. I guess the heirs were very excited. Yeah, well, in, until they were disappointed. Right. And now what do they have to do? Now they have to hire an attorney to contest the will. Gotcha. So now this will that when the person died, the recluse died in 2015, the case goes on. Oh, boy. The case goes on. And they're going to fight over whether the will was valid or not. There's not going to be any money left by the time it's over. That's right. Well, I don't know how much it'll be left, Gosh. but it's a lot of... So, And how do they front the money? What if they... How do, who pays for that? Do attorneys do those things on the contingency? Well, maybe. I, I guess it depends on the attorney right. and what the agreement is. So, you know, then it gets into issues like that, you know. Uh, I was talking to somebody this last week, and they were contesting with their brother. Uh, we, you know, usually for out will contest, by the way. Uh, and he was saying, you know, and they've been going on their will contest case for 10 years also. Mm. And the 
he finally said, you know what, uh, I am going to settle because I just don't have the li- the funds because mm-hmm. I have to. His sister uh, did not have any money, mm-hmm. and so he would have to pay for both him and her hundreds of thousands in legal fees, and it sometimes, unfortunately, uh, it cuts down to who could outlast the other. A lot of times in litigation, I am a li- not a litigator. I should make that clear. I'm a lover, not a fighter. Mm-hmm. But but the re- the reality of, of the world is, unfortunately, a lot of times that's. What a lot of how things work, yeah. and uh, I wish that wasn't the case, but that's reality. It is sad. I mean, you mentioned we hadn't discussed this before the program uh, at length, but you think you mentioned there it's 119 heirs or beneficiaries. It's a lot of people, um, but at the same time, it's not in the grand scheme. I mean, 340 million people in this country alone. So you sit there like you do. You watch Dateline, and people say, "Well." That never happens to me. It would never happen to me. That just happens to everybody else. It could happen to you. You never know. And it's and you may not be the heir of a next-door neighbor who's a recluse, but things happen. People happen. People get sued all the time. You can sue for anything these days, I understand. And um, so why not be safe, protected, and have that peace of mind that I talked about at the beginning of the show and attend Michael's next workshop to just go and ask a question or two. Let Michael give you his current expertise. It's January 2024. Michael knows how things work. Michael can help you and guide you and not let you be at the mercy of Google or DuckDuckGo or something. Let Michael tell you what the Texas law is and what the current law is. To attend his next workshop, you need to dial 214-720-0102. Go to DallasElderLawyer.com because that workshop is coming up. It's Tuesday, January the 9th at 10 o'clock. It's Thursday, February 1st at 10 o'clock. And Michael, first tell everybody where the workshop is because they have to attend the workshop and then what goes on. Yeah, we just ask people what you want to know. We've never had a question about unclaimed funds before, sure. but it should be the duty of any either executor or personal representative, as you said, uh, to uh, try to locate those funds. Yeah. Uh, and anybody should be maybe looking at different things uh, that might be out there that they didn't realize that they might be entitled to. Yep. But anyway, uh, we ask people what they want to know. And for two hours of this free estate planning essentials workshop, we answer questions. There will be a small presentation because that's what people have told us that they small, want. Small what, five or ten minutes or something Well, like it'll that? be longer than that uh-huh. just to tell people about basics. Okay. Uh, a lot of times people want to know basics about wills or trust or powers of attorney or maybe it's about Medicaid mm-hmm. or public benefits for long-term care. So we go through the different things that were normally asked. But everybody's going to have their own questions on what is important to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could be, should we have had a will or trust in this case? You know, obviously, they there was no planning, and now, look, here's this turmoil uh, that's going to have last for, you know, probably 10 years. You know, we talked in prior, prior uh, shows about like stars like Aretha Franklin mm-hmm. giving no R-E-S-B-E-C-T no. to their his their heirs. By the way, I don't know if you heard that the judge just at the beginning of January uh, awarded the real estate to the four kids. Oh. There's been, you know, that's, I don't know how many years it's been since she died, mm-hmm. but that still case is ongoing. Okay. Uh, there, originally there was no will found, and then they found a will in that case under the cushion, uh, the cushions of the couch, mm-hmm. uh, as you may recall. 
you know, I, we don't think people should be like Aretha Franklin. No. Um, uh, and we think that people should plan. And so we talk about those different planning options mm-hmm. uh, and if or anything that, that people want to know. I have again, I have no clue as to what qu- questions people ask. Uh, every workshop is different. And that's what makes it fun. You learn not only what the answers to what your questions are, whether it be about state planning or Medicaid or public benefits or whatever the case may be. Uh, but you'll learn from others as to what things about you may never have thought about. And I think you're going to have a lot of fun because usually we, we try to treat it a little bit lightly so it's not just a talking head. Mm-hmm. Uh, we kind of try to illustrate with different cases or whatever it may be. Whatever the question may be, I'll probably base it on my experience. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, or fortunately, I have a lot of experience, yeah. uh, which just means I'm old. Mm-hmm. And then uh, mm-hmm. so anyway um, – all you have to do to, uh, to go to that free estate planning essentials workshop is call us at 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. Or sign up online at DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com. If you do attend that free estate planning essentials workshop, You'll also get a one-hour vision meeting uh, where I'll look talk to y'all you know, in, individually or with a group. Uh, that is, if you have family members that you want to attend, uh, without charge. So that's three free hours of legal education without any obligation. If you don't do anything, that's fine, but we'll look at your individual situation. Sometimes people just ask questions, and that's okay. And so what we do is we just we just give you that opportunity without any cost or obligation. If I can elaborate on Michael's statement, if you don't do anything, I think you're crazy. At least Michael, let Michael evaluate and analyze what you've done and what may need some correction or updating because you never know. Mike does. And don't base it on what you search online and things like that or what your neighbor tells you. Let Michael have a look, and then you'll you'll have a great deal of peace after that meeting or if he does your estate plan. Dial 214-720-0102. Uh, 7, 214-720-0102. Go to DallasElderLawyer.com. DallasElderLawyer.com for that estate planning essentials workshop, which is Tuesday, January the 9th at 10 o'clock which is Thursday, February the 1st at 10 o'clock. Michael, one minute. What is the moral of this unclaimed fun story? Well, the bottom line is, although, you know, it's a, everybody should be looking maybe uh, to see if they're entitled to any undue yes. unclaimed funds. Yes. But really, and, and certainly any uh, representative of an estate should do that as well. How do they look? Where do they look? Oh, it's a matter of public record. Really? And so a lot of these different companies that say that, oh, we'll find it for you, it's all public record. You don't need the company to do that. No, uh, so be careful on those things. But uh, I think really the moral of the story is do some simple planning. Mm-hmm. Don't leave it to chance if, if you care. Right. If you care, if you don't care about – anybody or how long it takes or what the cost is, mm-hmm. well, okay, that's fine. That's your choice. Uh, but, you know, really, if he really wanted something to – well, I'm not going to say that the will wasn't valid, although it looks pretty suspicious mm-hmm. to me. Um, I, I, I think you should do things in a way where there should be no doubt. I mean, mm-hmm. there's always could be a potential will contest – 
if you're concerned about that, sometimes people do trust. Of course, anybody could see, like you said earlier, on anything. And you have to look at different situations about capacity and things like that. But mm-hmm. the, the, the bottom line is if you care, you should be in control for your lifetime. But if you care, then take care of things the way you want on your terms and conditions. And make sure make it as easy on your loved ones as possible if you care. And why give it to the attorneys, half, three quarters, or all of it? With all due respect, why them? Why not legitimate heirs and beneficiaries? Attend Michael's next workshop. You won't regret it. Michael Cohen, our estate planning expert. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Don. Leading estate planner practicing law in Dallas, Texas for decades now, Michael Cohen is ready to educate you about the estate planning laws that can affect your family and you. The first step is to attend his next workshop by going to his website, which is DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com to sign up for that free estate planning essentials workshop. Or you can also call him by dialing 214-720-720. 0102. That's 214-720-0102. A talk show host on 770 KAAM since 2013, Michael Cohen is the person you want to evaluate and complete what could currently be a deficient estate plan. Make sure it's done your way and sign up for his next workshop today.